0: You are now listening to The Open Canvas.
1: Open Canvas, this is Taj Alexander. I'm here with a very special guest. Man, we've known each other for like, is it five years maybe?
0: Like five At years. least five yeah. years, right?
1: Um, I mean, we can talk about how we met. But, uh, I'm really happy to have you on the podcast. I feel like um, over those five years, I feel like you sort of have shown a consistency and a commitment to your craft. Um, Thank you. I feel like as a writer, as a storyteller, as someone who's as a messenger, really, you're sort of like sharing stories, sharing your own story, um, and helping us all to sort of see how everything connects. So I, I really appreciate, you know, being able to speak with you because I feel like you have a, a great responsibility of sort of someone who understands the power of writing and the power of words. So I'm very happy to have you on the podcast. And without any further ado, please introduce yourself.
0: (laughs) Hi, uh, thanks for having me, Taj. My name is Natalia Whaley. I am a journalist, primarily digital journalist. That's always been my space online. kind of like all around creative. I've done events and things over the years. We can talk about that later. But yeah, digital journalist and creative is kind of what I call myself nice nice
1: yeah really thank you for being on the open campus i appreciate
0: it thanks for having me absolutely this
1: is dope absolutely yeah so so we met at afro park if i'm yeah (laughs) but it was like it was five years ago right
0: i was probably i think it was about five years ago yeah 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 yeah. i
1: mean i think it was a brief interaction like Mm -hmm. we, we connected but um since then i feel like You know, we sort of were doing our own thing And I remember, like, sort of seeing that you were just doing more journalism work And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think you were also traveling as well Um, And I just would just see how, you know, committed you were to sort of, like, making sure that your voice was heard through writing And your perspective was heard on what was happening in the world so, and I remember you were even doing profiles on, I'm getting ahead of myself, but <laughs> you're doing profiles on friends and, and people in your life who you um, valued and saw their work as valuable, or even the perspective and worldview view as valuable.
0: Yes, yes. Um,
1: so, I mean, we'll get into all of that. Um, but, but yeah, can you uh, tell us where you're from?
0: So, I'm born and raised in Brooklyn. I grew up in Bedside mm-hmm. um, until I was about 14. Mm-hmm. Then I moved to Crown Heights, and so now I live, I kind of live in the same area, it's like borderline Crown Heights, East Flatbush, yeah. and so, born and raised in Brooklyn. The only time I left was to go to Howard in D.C., so yeah. I went there for four years, and then, you know, I wanted to be in New York, I loved the movements of New York, and how I just felt like there was so much to get into So I just came back and I've been here ever since
1: Yeah yeah, yeah. That's what's up, that's what's up And for you, like, being at Howard Would you say, like, even, like, there That was where you, like, I fell in love with journalism Or was it before that?
0: Oh man, when did I fall in love with journalism? So, I would say it was our early age Like, mm. my mom actually I don't know if she has the photo of this But she claims <laughs> that I would be in the crib, like Reading magazines mm. and, like you know she always had essence magazine so she was like how like i would always be flipping through the mags Mm -hmm. and my sister would um she would always have subscriptions to like all the hip-hop magazines and like all the throwback stuff that's not even in existence now so i would always flip through that and so i always had like this strong affinity for like words and visuals specifically magazines so that was what i first wanted to do when i i think by like 14 or 15 i knew um and it was to the point where I actually got to do, like, the summer journalism workshop in high school. Yeah. I got into this program, and it was called New Youth Connections, okay. and it was, like, a newspaper for high school students in uh, New York City.
1: Okay. So, okay. yeah. So, what were you doing in that organization?
0: Um, So, it was for the summer, mm-hmm. and so, basically, they taught us how to pitch, how to develop a narrative. Um, and so, two of our ideas, we got to work on it, and they printed it in the in the newspaper. Nice. So, I don't remember the second one for some reason, but <laughs> the, the one that I still very clearly remember, um, the one that I did get to do reporting on, it was about food insecurity mm-hmm. in the black neighborhoods versus, like, white neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. So, my dad, this was back when there wasn't really, like, a movie theater, Was it really was a movie theater in Bed Star or anything like that, but <laughs> he used to take us to Park Slope mm-hmm. to, like, go to the movie theater over there, and I remember... We'd go out to eat over there. And I always recall just like, wow, there's such a difference between over here and like where we live. Why is that? So as I got older, I was like, oh, I want to write about this. And I didn't know there was a language for it. I didn't know something called food insecurity. And that's Mm -hmm. actually a thing. And did my research and I wrote a story about that. And they actually... They had, they had, like, anthologies that they yeah. would print. Yeah. So I got to be published in that the wow. following year. Like, wow. it was cool. So at 15 or 16, like, I was already published. <laughs>
1: wow. Wow. Yeah. And I, I just, like... Yeah. If that's not, like, the clear example of, like, doing something, like, you're meant to do, I don't know what it is. It's like you... When you have something on your heart to do, and even, like, at that age, you may not even know what that's going to become.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, even just... Being curious enough to see what steps it takes to get it done, and you did that,
0: you know, at a
1: super early age. So was that something you were aware of, or was just like this is?
0: Well, what happened was my English teacher came in the classroom Mm. and was like, "Oh, there's this program you guys should apply for it." Mind Mm. you, the deadline had passed, Mm. and I still applied anyway, Mm. and they let me in. Wow! So I wouldn't have known about it unless my teacher told us about it. So I would have to credit the community I was in in high school. for actually even like informing me of that. But then I also took the opportunity to like do yeah, it anyway. You took the initiative. Yeah. 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 So I got in and then once I got in the program it was like they gave me the space to be me. So, you know, I I think it's it's a testament to having spaces for youth to really be themselves and that was probably I would not have been able to do that unless that program existed. Yeah. Cause they did take us on trips to they took us on a trip to New York Times, mm-hmm. Condé Nas, like, so I got to see, oh wow, the inner workings of like different kinds of publications. Right. So that was really good for me to like see it. Yeah. You know, At
1: and, su- such an early age. Yeah, you like know?
0: 15 or I'm like, wow, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I could actually come in here and people would talk to me and acknowledge me so yeah that was cool and it
1: just feels i mean just optically it's good to even be in those spaces you know, yeah i feel like you have access to those spaces as well you know i think that's really right important, you know?
0: and then like because when you grow up in new york new york is very segregated and mm-hmm. it's like Ironically, socioeconomically like under, the, under the surface yeah. yeah they try to brand it as this melting pot and everyone's welcomed and mm. you know But really, if you grow up on one side, there's no guarantee you're going to get to be in these buildings. You just see the buildings. You don't know what's happening inside of them. And my parents were like, my dad was a, he worked for MTA, and my mom was a teacher. So they didn't have that corporate, like, background. So with me, it was like, going to that program was like, eye-opening because it got me into those spaces and I saw what was behind these big buildings that I would always see growing up. And that was very like, oh wow, I grew up in New York, but there's all these different facets to it that I don't, I wouldn't be able to see if I didn't have someone say, okay, come through this door. Yeah. But you, there's really no one saying, come to the door, you just have to right. know someone that knows someone. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so from that
1: experience of even... Starting to work on your writing skills in that program, where did you take it after
0: that? Once I did that program and I was like, that was a lot of, got gave me a lot of validation. Mm. So I, I think that year, I did the yearbook at my school, like I was like the editor for that. Um, and then I applied to Howard and I got into their journalism program. Um, and it's funny because there was a journalism elective in my high school, so I took that course. And then my teacher for that, she stopped me one day and she was like, where are you applying? And I was like, telling her all these schools. And she was like, you better apply for Howard. You have to apply. <laughs> and it was another sign of just like the right community like she told me to apply for howard and i was like okay and i just did what she told me to do yeah i got in and then I, when i went on the tour i was like oh my god i have to come here like <laughs> and my parents were with me and they were like yeah, yeah you gotta come no here <laughs> yeah
1: you got this yeah.
0: <laughs> and my parents like because there's such a gap between myself and my older siblings like by the time it was time for me to go to school, they had the money to like support me. So they were like, You're the child that can do it mm-hmm. and you're more than prepared to do it. We mm-hmm. really want you to have this opportunity. Wow. So, you mm-hmm. know, I did it for the family. because mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. But also I was just privileged like right timing to just mm-hmm. go and be able to take that opportunity. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's that's impressive. basically yeah. what I took it to Howard yeah. and nice. like join the journalism programs out there nice so
1: how is it sort of like now taking your skills like somewhere else you're you're no longer like in your neighborhood or in your on your home turf to sort of write like
0: what yeah what
1: were you drawing from like what was your inspiration for writing then
0: Hmm, that's a good question I mean I think just being in that school it was just everyone there is brilliant and when you're like like when you come from like when you're in your high school and you're used to being on honor roll all the time and you're told you're the brilliant kid in, in the school, one of the brilliant kids, and then you get to a place like Howard and everyone was told the same thing, it's like, you're it's humbling as hell. And so I think for me, coming into that space to write, it really helped me to just focus on the work and not so much this whole, oh, you're brilliant. And it's like, no, now you're in college and it's a new level of like work that you have to put in. The professors are like looking at your 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 article drafts like this is BS like yeah. <laughs> all these red marks and I'm crying in my dorm I'm like I'm never gonna make it and like I know so many people that dropped out the course like they was like I'm switching my major this is too yeah. hard. I was like yo this is this is real. Mm. I, I I even had to take there was one of the courses, the foundational courses, it was called Reporting and Writing mm. which is like the Hayes course mm. at our school yeah. where it's like the deciding factor for
1: whether you can, like, are you built for this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: and it was one professor, Professor Kagwa, he's retired now, but he's taught so many, like, Howard alum, like, people that are on CNN, people who have been editor in chiefs of, like, big publications. Like, he is, like, the OG. And everyone was so scared of his class because he, if he knew you had it, he would, like, push you through. But if you were BSing, he was like, i'm not he either gave you like he either gave out like a's or like b's like yeah. he didn't really have in between it was like crazy wow. yeah yeah but i took actually took the course with another professor and then i came back around and took it again with him and i'm like all right he's probably harder but i'm just gonna do it yeah but it was crazy like the way he taught us how to write I liked how he taught me, and so I adapted it immediately. And when I went out and did my first assignment for the um, class, he read my article out loud and was like, This is a masterpiece. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, Coming from him? Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, Yo, last semester, I fucked this course because the professor I had, I don't know, me and her didn't connect, but with him, I was like, Okay, I see what I'm supposed to be doing. And um, to this day, his. His like tactics, I still use. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow.
1: So, so what was it about, you know, the style of writing that connected with you that you sort of feel like you can express yourself through? What was it that?
0: Um, he taught us to draw from like fiction and like imagery and emotions. Like, explain that. Uh, I mean, I mean, like looking at like when you walk in a room, if you're covering an event or if you're doing a profile on someone, like taking notes on their height. What they're wearing Like What color their eyes are Their Their mannerisms Are they shy Are they more extrovert You know Are they Like just Paying attention to everything And If you ever like Read like really in depth profiles You're like How did they Like get all But It's a skill To be very intentional About What you're paying Like what you're Collecting those notes On every little detail Right You know The tone of their voice Like all of that And so he taught us to do that, but then also not just the writing part, but it's the reporting part, which is asking the right questions, listening to people, having good follow-up questions, doing the research to back up what you're saying, um, just the whole thing. I feel like through him, I really was able to, like, grow. And it's really, like, sometimes teachers Matt like who you get as a teacher really matters because you might not connect to one teacher but then another teacher may get through to you doors. yeah so yeah. I feel like he really so many students did not like him because I guess he was so hard but for for whatever reason I guess I was just really lucky and mm. that I really connected and to connected. him I don't yeah. know yeah yeah
1: absolutely I mean I feel like For me, even you explaining that, I feel like for me, I'm even thinking of like some of whether it's journalism or even books that I read. Like I was just talking about Toni Morrison, yeah, and I feel like she was very good at that. Like even if she wasn't reporting, she was very good at painting the picture of what was happening or what the room looked like prior to even telling you what even happening in the room. Yeah, you know, and I feel like that's sort of like a real skill to be able to like really almost like transport a reader into the room or into the space that you're writing about that sounds dope yeah like (laughs) they always say
0: like don't just tell show me don't -hmm. tell me like that's like the art of Mm -hmm. journalism wow yeah wow wow
1: okay yeah (laughs) yeah so so Howard. um so were you writing for the school as well or writing for for a paper
0: yeah i was part of so there was a student there she was like I think a year or two older than me she started a magazine it was a digital magazine mm-hmm. and this was like the professors were kind of like what online magazine yeah that
1: was but. very I remember that time period it was like <laughs> yeah it's not a real magazine yeah, yeah that, whole, that whole thing. they're kind
0: of like oh, okay but she f- she figured out a way to like get the professors to be like um I guess like every faculty member like advised like different groups mm-hmm. on campus so she we had an advisor and all that stuff and It was a lot of kids were interested in it and I was like an entertainment editor and like I helped cover events on campus, interviewed artists, uh, wrote reviews and it was kind of like my first time getting a chance to really define my voice. But also, just represent like our generation and what we were into at the time. Um, The student newspaper I wrote for, like periodically, I never joined the staff. That's a whole nother story. (laughs) Um, I was supposed to be on the staff my senior year, but something happened on their end, and you're not gonna talk about that. I was supposed to be the lifestyle editor, and somebody messed up on the inside, and people were pissed. But um, (laughs) um, by senior year, I had started my own blog, so that's Uh, A whole nother story But yeah yeah. Those I say junior Sophomore and junior year I was on the Student Magazine Mm -hmm. And then I did College radio Sophomore and junior year What what was that like? It was so fun Yeah yeah It was
1: so fun What was It was just like Playing (laughs) songs Or were you like Having people I had a whole
0: like Production Yeah yeah. Yeah, I I Actually the other day As I told you I was moving in February Like I found all this stuff From elementary to college. Literally, I moved out of my parents' house, and I found this binder that I had this production notes from my shows. Wow. Like, I had, like, segments, breakdowns, and, like, themes for the music I was gonna yeah. play. Like, yeah. I was not playing. Yeah. And I, so my my sophomore year, I had a show called, it was called The Midday Cafe. and So I was on three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, for two hours. And it was, uh, I think it was from 12 to 2. But I mean, yeah, it was we were supposed I was supposed to play like R B and like chill hip hop yeah. because it's like the midday. So I'm supposed to help people right, get through right, like that yeah. time crunch before oh, lunch. Really? No, yeah, <laughs> it yeah, was yeah. it was fun. <laughs> and I got to interview um was it Jay Holiday Lake or in um
1: during that time period though.
0: Oh yeah, he was like hot at that time. <laughs> <laughs> at the time. Yo,
1: he had that what was what was the bad bad, bad?
0: yeah? <laughs> <laughs> and he came <laughs> in with like Yo what's up Like I was just like Oh my god Is this <laughs> happening All his people In the station wow. and I'm just there like <laughs> So I was like I got this I'm gonna do it right, They right. might I don't know if they even Have the recordings anymore But oh, If
1: we unearth but... those If we, we find those archives <laughs> Yo just, That was a moment yeah. That was a moment But
0: that's the dope part About mm-hmm. being like At Howard's Like student radio Cause yeah. they would actually mm-hmm. When those artists came They would have to stop At the mm-hmm. student radio station So right people like me who had a show it's like the managers would be like oh they're coming by at this time so be ready with your question and they would just let us do whatever because wow. they they—if the thing is you had to go through a hiring process to get on the to get in the station right so they trust you if they bring you when on Once you're in there
1: it's like yeah, yeah. go for
0: it but yeah it was cool and um I think I won Rookie of the Year yeah. <laughs> at the end of the year. Inspired. So that was cool. That's fire. That was cool. And then the following year, I had a show with my friend. It was on a, it was a weird time, like Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it wasn't as poppin', I don't think. I, I like my, I like my first show better, but yeah. yeah. I mean, like I was
1: saying, I feel like your voice sounds like it's very good for,
0: like, mm-hmm. you know, these
1: <laughs> radio podcasts and you'd be very good at it.
0: Thank sure. you, yeah. i yeah. for sure, for sure. I'm, I'm considering it. Mm-hmm. I'm considering it, but, thought, you know. Just a thought, just a thought. But, I might go back.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, no, that's, that's really dope. So, after school, like, what was your next step? Like, what did you, what, what did I like, say, I'm, I'm going to stay down here, or did you say, I'm going back to New York?
0: I went back to New York because, okay, mind you, I was doing my internships right, all those summers. Right. So, I'm hoping that maybe I'll get hired somewhere. But the industry started to change, and we had heard about you know the recession and, and yeah. people. Some of the people that had graduated, the alum, who were probably like three or four years older older than us, they were telling us about how hard it was, and so we had that insight. But once it was time for me to go, I knew people that were like, "Yo, I'm about to stay an extra semester just so I can like do another internship and hopefully get it." Like people started coming up with all these yeah. tactics, and I'm like. I just want to get out of here. Like, I don't want to stay here another semester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, when I got out of school, it was tough. I applied for a lot of jobs. I was on MediaBistro.com, um, all the sites, applying, applying, applying. And then I ended up taking a job at Potbelly as a cashier, just working there for a year. Mm-hmm. And then... What happened was I was using Twitter a lot at that time. So I was following all these other alums who were, like I said, like three or four years older than me who were in the industry. And I was like DMing them like, hey, can I meet up with you uh, for a few minutes just to talk about, you know, what I've done so far. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them were very much like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was this guy named John, um, John Kennedy. He was at the time he was at Vibe and he was like, I can't get you a job, but I can get you an internship in the fall. I didn't even have to do an interview for it. Wow, I just yeah. can't. They were just like, oh, you know John just coming on. <laughs> it was
1: some, like, yeah, wild yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And that internship was interesting because at the time, they were in Harlem on 125th Street, and that office was... It was a lot going on in there, I'll just say. <laughs> uh, but it was cool, because we got to do a lot of writing. It wasn't paid, because at the time, they weren't paying interns. Right, 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 Um, No, there was no, like, lawsuits yet. Because <laughs> like, I know that was a big industry thing. Right, right, But I did what I had to do, and I worked um, at Potbelly. Literally, that was September 2011. Okay, 2012 comes. I Once the internship was done, I left, and I got to do some print stuff for them here and there but you know it wasn't a job right. so I started writing for I think I did something for Ebony I was reaching out to the editor there because she had just got the job there and she was also a Howard alum so I kind of used that to like right. plug myself right. but I also came ready with pitches like mm-hmm. when I met with her I said I have ideas this is what I want to do and she was like okay yeah. and assigned them to me immediately so anytime I met with, with somebody I always came with like ideas ready mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um so that summer comes, still at Pie Belly. I'm like, cool. Finally, I found an opportunity that's like more consistent and it was so at the time AOL Music had some music sites. They had their, they had a whole, like they had verticals for rock music, hip hop, everything. And so their hip hop vertical is called the Boombox, right? And I got connected to the editor over there because I think two summers ago, I had wrote for her briefly at another site. She didn't remember me because the time was so brief. But she said, I like your clips that you sent. So come in and meet with me because I actually need a New York-based writer because my other writers are in Atlanta and L.A. Literally, the following month, I was in their freelance system. And I didn't know how consistent it was going to be, so I kept my job at Potbelly. Yeah. And literally, like, I started getting so many assignments that I had to leave Belly Because yeah. it was freelance, but I didn't know, like I said, how often. Right, right. So I got one assignment. It was to interview Big Crit wow. about his album. Yeah. Um, I think it was Forever. All this stuff is called Forever something. <laughs> <intro>, uh, <laughs> I forgot. Forever
1: which... in a day? Was it Forever in a Day?
0: Or... I don't I almost want so to like look it up right now. It was wait, 2012, wait, 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 wait. so... Alright, let's us no, no, no. be accurate. You know, yeah, accurate. Mean, yeah. <laughs> accurate. <laughs> <laughs> let's be accurate. Live from the underground. I remember the sound cover. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that was it. So, live from the underground. Yeah, so I got it. to yeah. interview him, and literally, like, I found out... I was in D.C. visiting my friends and I came back and she was like, oh, I need you to go interview Big Crit. So I had to call out of work. And I I had a moment where I was like, are you going to actually go to work? Are you going (laughs) to go interview Big Crit? And I was like, you're going to call out of work and go interview Big Crit. (laughs) So I I did what I needed to do. And then that whole summer, it was just a bunch of assignments. So I think I got in the system in June and I quit Valley. July yeah. the next month. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it was. I was writing for them for probably till the ending of that year, and then that's when I got the job at working at BET.com the following January, okay. January 2013, and that was my first like in office job. Mm. Mm. It was permanence, which is yeah. such a horrible system, yeah. and I wish. I mean, it's
1: the, it's the normal now, right? Mm-hmm. Permanence yeah. like almost everybody.
0: But it was an opportunity because it was part time at first, it was like 20 hours. That's what the editor told me, she was like, you'll have a desk, well actually I didn't even have a desk for a while, I was rotating in the office, but then some things got shaken up, people were leaving, and then eventually it was like, could you stay longer, could you stay longer, and then it became 40 hours, more than 40, so within a year and a half it became a full time thing. it was just permanent yeah Yeah. so so how was it
1: being in that sort of system like you know from being freelance to now being in the system
0: they treated me like a staff member Mm. but I just wasn't given benefits which is it was good for my for my growth as a writer and as a reporter because I did get to report on things and help with some video like production and stuff as far as like coming up with questions for stuff when they needed it yeah You know, I got to carry out some of my pitches that I was working on, Um, but, you know, it was good for that. So I took that part, and I would say that gave me some, like, in-office, working with a team experience, and I still stay in contact with those people, but it's just when I look back, I'm like, wow, all of these, like, young—a lot of my colleagues were under 25, and we just weren't getting any, like— healthcare you had to pay for that you had to you know and i could pay for it because i was getting paid consistently it was just wow okay
1: yeah i mean we were just talking about that i feel like the the permalance lifestyle it's like at least for generations prior to us you know you you can almost feel like your job was investing into you you know as much as you're investing into your work Um, But now, I guess more and more, at least in New York where we relive, the experience has been for most of us, it's like there isn't really a lot of investment in the well-being or the improvement or the growth of of the people who are, you know, creating or or giving their gifts and talents. It's more just sort of... Be happy. Yeah, just be happy and have like this minimal connection or investment into you as a person. And it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely an interesting time. Also, I also want to just say, you know, I want to give you, you... just for also the power of commitment. I feel like you've been committed to your passion for your entire life career. Yeah. entire professional career and that's that speaks volumes. I feel like the fact that you were able to tap into what you wanted to do as early as 14, 15 years old and then have, you know, found opportunities and really created opportunities for yourself to be able to, you know, continue in that passion is something that should be like praised. Yeah. You know, I feel like, you know, it's, it's definitely definitely Thank like Thank
0: you. Yeah.
1: You know, it's it's, a, it's it's actually a very brave thing to do. You know, when like I, I can only imagine where like there's so many forces telling us all to like, oh. and, like, almost like not 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 give up, but almost like you know that's nice what you you know are passionate about, but you know just do something more realistic, you know, yeah. or do something that will at least you know pay really quickly, you know. But when you're committed to something and believe in something and understand like being able to express your opinion and your perspective is a part of who you are. You
0: yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. at that age, is like yeah. I felt you know what, I'm only 22, 23, I have to give this a shot. Like, if no other time now, you know? So that was for me, I had the youth on my side, the, the age on my side, where I could stay up late and just get things done. And I, I just was so hungry to just do it, you know? And I stayed at that job for three years. And I ended up leaving to do traveling mm-hmm. for a few months. And I didn't know if I was going to have a job or not. But right. I just went and did it. Um, and that was a whole experience. Yeah, how yeah.
1: was traveling for you?
0: It was good. I So I had went to Johannesburg, Cape Town. Then I went to Europe. And I did um, Barcelona, uh, madrid then i went to italy and i did venice uh rome and um yeah i did that and then i went to amsterdam paris and then i went to london because i have a lot of cousins out there so i ended up spending like a lot of time with them so i got to do like a nice little like three month thing Um, and it was cool because i was also doing like my storytelling project at the time so i started I think I mentioned before I had started my own blog when I was a senior at Howard. Um, I had quit that student magazine because it was it was some drama. And then um, the student newspaper, like, something happened with that. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to work on my own blog. And it was called, originally, so it was supposed to be a book of essays about uh, relationships and self-love and all these things from... Uh, young adults perspective so it's supposed to be called conversations of the heart I went to this whole like they had a business plan competition at my school and like they gave everybody an advisor so I went and I got an advisor and he he helped me do like a business plan and when I sat down with him he was like so you want to do a book how about you just make this into like a whole media thing a media company and I was like Oh yeah, you're right So Like Yeah, why not I went back um, And I revamped everything And then I did like a whole um, Business plan And I changed the name to, to be hard to converse Which is what What I go under For my Like Well For all, like uh, Those personal blogs That mm-hmm. I post with like people And those profiles That's all right. under there Right, right. Um, So Price Converse is basically relationships, life, and culture from a young adult's perspective. Um, primarily black um, young adults, millennial adults. Yeah. So I did the business plan. I ended up winning second place. So I was in the... I remember the day I went to like, when they announced everything, I'm in the room like, okay, let's see what's gonna happen. <laughs> and they're like, Cards Converse. I was like, what? what? <laughs> so I won like $2,000 that hey. day. It was like... It was like 60 people that entered that competition. So I was like, wow, like, I got some. It was another another sign that I have ideas that matter, you know. Cool. And it started with just blogs. If you, I don't even, the site is not up anymore right now, but it was just a bunch of blogs about my friends would write for it and all this stuff. And then it turned into events like so I was doing these conversation events where I would get people together like 20 people and we talk about different topics um a lot of them were submitted by like my friends who just said I want to talk about social media and relationships or I want to talk about you know self-care or like finding yourself so it was a way to get out of my head and say oh wow everybody's going through the same thing yeah so I did a couple of those over the years
1: I just want to say those events i I don't know if i even went to one but just even like seeing and understanding the concept of them they were very much ahead of their time i'll just say that
0: you think so yeah i
1: feel like yeah i mean there are events where people talk and stuff like that but i feel like how you sort of like conducted it like the context it didn't feel like a panel discussion it just felt like a kickback that involved real conversation and I just love that concept. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah, I just want to say you that. get it. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what <laughs> my mindset was. I don't want to do a panel cuz we do too, we do too many panels and people are just oh, I listen to the same four people talk and the, the same people do panels. But it's like I want to hear from the people in the audience mm-hmm. all the time. So, let's make it an open circle like a rap session where we're talking openly. Yeah. Um yeah. and that was that's always been my thing to do it that way because I feel like there's more it's more democratic it's like more openness yeah um, and every conversation you just learn something different about identity and like because once you leave college there's no opp- you don't always have opportunities to sit with people that look like you and talk about what you're going through like right. they just don't exist and so you know I haven't been able to do them as often as I want but when I can I would do them Definitely. and so then I also did going back to going abroad, mm-hmm. I did like the storytelling where I would profile people yes. about and it was always about them. Like it was different than it wasn't traditional journalism in a sense that I came in with what I had my my reporting and say, okay, like this is what I researched. Could you tell me about this? It was mm-hmm. more so it was more collaborative. Because yeah. I would ask them in advance, like, what's on your mind? Name three things that made you upset recently and Name three things that made you, like, really happy And then whatever they told me I would build the questions around that So that's why every interview felt Very, like, personal Because it was yeah. always about them yeah,
1: like, yeah, yeah, I can definitely say that just, you, did, you did, like, a really good job of, like making it very personal and also like you almost felt like you got to know the person that mm-hmm. you were profiling like as a reader or as like a listener I felt like people were able to sort of like actually connect mm-hmm. with those people that you need to profile. that just is also just a testament to your journalism like I was saying to you earlier it's your ability to sort of understand like the story that needs to be told you can do a good job of sort of painting those pictures for people mm-hmm. um, but yeah so, so I, I also like like we were talking about from your perspective as a writer How do you just see the landscape You know, today, like with journalism And, and how it's sort of um, Conducted mm-hmm.
0: It's kind of, I feel like I'm sort of Part of a final breed In a weird, sad way Please explain <laughs> <laughs> Because I feel like I'm part of a generation Of journalists who You know my professors taught us in a very traditional way um, how to report, how to take your time, how to how to do things in a very thorough way. And so when I got out of school, that was my approach. Then as I'm working for the internet, things are getting faster. Then you have the rise of social media now, basically dictating what articles are going to be, and not so much the editors and you know, the taste of the people on the inside of the newsroom. More reactive. Right. Yeah. And so, when you're dealing with that, you have to switch up. You have to write faster. There's not enough time to do in-depth things people aren't reading as much or people's attention span is not as exactly. yeah so yeah. videos are shorter articles have to be shorter and the only time people will read or watch something super in depth it has to be like sensational in a way or like super shocking like oh man this is crazy um, and so it really challenges you to say okay how do I be of quality but also fast and so that's what I had to do to keep my jobs and, to, and it's been times where I wasn't always meeting goals and I'm not the only one that can talk about this but when you're working for a publication there are traffic meetings and it's not about the quality of the, of the story it's about did this hit this number and if it didn't it's like okay maybe we do less of that you know or the you know this this writer didn't hit as many of the, the goals that month so then they're like how can we get you up to speed to the traffic goal blah 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 so i went through a lot of that at all of my jobs um and it's not it's very standard if you're a writer you're going through that if you're an editor you're being surveilled like constantly about traffic um and so that's the digital era now it's more so about numbers and People are getting, I don't know if you saw it, but so many people got laid off in no, between November and January at all these websites, um, including me. And I had my job for almost a year, and I was, the company shut down. And I could talk more about being on a union and how, like, I was in this uh, news union and learning about the organizing side of things. Uh, that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> But that experience was like Yo everybody's going through this And I feel bad now Because I have younger people Coming to me and asking me Should I do this And I'm like I feel bad because I don't want to kill your dream And say don't go into this But I try to be realistic and say hey This can be fulfilling for you If you end up Somewhere that can help you grow But everybody doesn't end up in those spaces so don't don't place your value on these companies like that's always like my standard like advice (laughs) because they will literally it can bring you down so you have to really 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 recognize your worth first and foremost and put quality first at all times like yeah yeah
1: yeah i think that's that's the important part it's like understanding your value and understanding your value in the context whether you're in certain companies or if you're working for yourself it's always about valuing yourself Mm -hmm. in those situations so yeah i hear you on that and yeah i feel like it's, it's such an interesting time we're living in right now and for you like even as someone who is like a writer and works as a writer just your passion for literature and writing um know is that something that that you're also like tapping into in terms of
0: you know it's interesting you say that because i'm trying to think of other ways to write now because okay i did this journalism thing for many years and so i'm curious into i'm curious about tapping into more visual stuff like documentaries because documentaries is it's kind of using that same skill set of research and digging into a story and going in depth and taking the time to understand something um so I would love to do more of. I've never worked on a documentary, but that's what, something I would like to be doing in the near future. Um, and then screenwriting and all that. Like I'm like, there's so many other ways to use my skills yeah. and still keep culture as a as a lens to like explore the world. Yeah. You know, it's a process. So literally, like I said before, I'm in this transitional state. And so I'm literally at the beginning of... I almost feel like when you start school on the first day, <laughs> but not even like... This is not 12th grade. I feel like I'm at 9th grade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: That's a very... I remember,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like I don't even feel like I'm about to graduate. I feel like mm. I just finished one thing, and I feel like I'm being pushed into a new phase. It's hard to really describe because I'm still... I'm still trying to find like the language for what I'm going through.
1: Yeah. yeah, But I'm
0: going through something right right, (laughs) right now. Absolutely. As far as my relationship with my craft and my like talent. Yeah. And so yeah, it's yeah, I'm working through it. I hear you.
1: And (laughs) and I'm actually excited because I feel like yeah, you are on like the verge of like your your new you know, beginning, so like I'm looking forward to seeing what that becomes, you know.
0: Thank you, I Absolutely. appreciate that. Yeah, yeah you're
1: doing, it. You're doing <laughs> it, and I think that, like, you know, even just sort of seeing the consistency in the work that you've done, it could be multiple different forms of expression or different types of writing that you get involved in. I feel like you know it's still gonna carry a, a, a truth to it, so I feel like it's gonna be good. It's gonna be, yeah, good. yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so yeah, um, how can people find you online? Um, yeah. to stay, stay connected.
0: so through? I'm. F- reworking my website so (laughs) the best place to find me is on twitter and instagram i'm pretty like active on both Uh, my twitter is natalasia underscore so n-a-t-e-l-e-g-e underscore and my instagram is just my first name n-a-t-e-l-e-g-e and i usually keep people up to date with like what i'm working on on both yeah well
1: once again i want to thank you i really appreciate you sharing with us
0: Thanks for having me. Yeah, this
1: is great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So this is Taj Alexander on The Open Canvas with my friend.
0: Natalia, And we're
1: out. Thank you. Thanks. To find out more about The Open Canvas, hit up our website, theopencanvas.com. Also stay tuned to our Instagram, at The Open Canvas. And for any questions or inquiries, hit up my email, opencanvas at gmail.com. This has been The Open Canvas, produced by Taj Alexander.